Hey, good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. My name is Catherine Baldwin, and it is another edition of Catholic Reflections. Today is actually Priesthood Sunday, where we recognize the priesthood in the church and what it means, and we recognize the priests that are are in that in that ministry of, of of shepherds of the of the flock of Christ. So that's what my sermon is actually going to deal with today. It's actually going to deal with the priesthood and why it's important and why it's necessary in the church and what makes the priesthood so different for Catholics and Protestants, uh, Presbyterians or any other ordained quote unquote ordained ministry for uh, Protestants. So let's go ahead and and, and, and jump in here then. Uh, we are at the 30th Sunday in ordinary time, or also known as Priesthood Sunday. Thus says the Lord, shout with joy for Jacob, exalt at the head of the nations, proclaim your praise and say, the Lord has delivered his people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them back from the land of the north. I will gather them from the ends of the world, with the blind and with the lame in their midst, the mothers and those with child. They shall return as an immense throng. They departed in tears, but I will console them and guide them. I will lead them to brooks of water, on a level road, so that none shall stumble. For I am a father to Israel, Ephraim is my firstborn." Responsorial psalm today is, The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Reading is from... uh, Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, every high priest is taken from among men and made their representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal patiently with the ignorant and and, and, and erring, for he himself is beset by weakness. And so for this reason must make sin offerings for himself as well as for the people. No one takes this honor upon himself, but only one called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, it was not Christ who glorified himself in becoming high priest, but rather the one who said to him, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. Just as he says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Alleluia, alleluia, our Savior Jesus Christ destroyed death and brought life to light through the gospel. Gospel reading according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with Jericho with his disciples and with sizable crowd, Bartismus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. 
and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me! Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, Reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Before we get into the sermon, we're going to do our daily reading today. Our daily reading comes from Numbers. Then there approached the daughters of Zephalad, the son of Hepner, the son of Galid, the son of Malchor, the son of Manasseh, who was the son of Joseph, and their names are Maliah, Noah, and Haggad, and Trison. And they stood before Moses and Eliezer the priest and all the leaders of the people at the door of the tabernacle of the covenant and said, Our father died in the desert and was not with the sedation, which was stirred up against the Lord under the Korah. But he died in his own sin. He had no male son. Why is his name taken away from his family? Because he had no son. Give us a possession among the kinsmen of our father. And Moses referred their case to the judgment of the Lord. And the Lord said to him, The daughters of Zephalot are asking for something just, so give them a possession among the kinsmen of their father, and let, him, and let them succeed him in his inheritance. And, so, and to the sons of Israel you shall speak these things. When a man dies without a son, his inheritance shall be transferred to his daughter. If he has no daughter, his brothers shall succeed him. But if there are also no brothers, you shall give the inheritance to the brothers of his father. But if he has no paternal uncles, the inheritance shall be given to those who are closest to him. And this shall be for the sons of Israel, consecrated as a perpetual law, just as the Lord has instructed Moses. The Lord also said to Moses, Ascend onto this mountain, Abram, and contemplate from there the land which I will give to the sons of Israel. And when you have seen it, you shall then go to your people, just as your brother Aaron went. For you offended me in the desert of sin at the contradiction of the multitude. Neither were you willing to sanctify me in their sight over the waters. These are the waters of contradiction of Kadesh in the desert of sin. Moses answered him, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, provide a man who may be over this multitude, and who may be able to exit and enter before them, and who may lead them out and lead them in, lest the people of the Lord be like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said to him, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom the Spirit is, and place your hand upon him. And he shall stand before Eliezer and the priest, the, the priest and the entire multitude. And you shall give him the precepts in the sight of all, and a portion of your glory, so that the entire congregation of the sons of Israel may listen to him. On his behalf, if anything is to be done, Eliezer the priest shall consult the Lord. He and all the sons of Israel with him, and the rest of the multitude shall go out and enter at his word. Moses did just as the Lord instructed, and when he had brought Joshua, he set them before Elijah the priest and before the entire gathering of the people, and imposing his hands upon his head, he repeated all the Lord had commanded. So, Priesthood Sunday. Uh, First of all, I think it's fitting that we talk about what the Catechism talks about the priesthood, and we're going to start, and, and the reason that I want to start with the catechism is because it's the basis for the, for the teachings of the church. So, the catechism of the Catholic Church states, in the ecclesial service of the ordained minister, it is Christ himself who is present to his church as head of his body, shepherd of his flock, 
<clears throat> High priest of the redemptive sacrifice, teacher of truth. This is what the church means by saying that the priest... God dang it, I hate it when this thing does this. God dang it, come on. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> by virtue of the sacrament of holy odors, acts in persona Christi Capitus, or the person of Christ. It states further, this priesthood is ministerial. That office which the Lord committed to the pastors of his people is in the strict sense of the term a service. It is entirely related to Christ and to men. It depends entirely on Christ and on his unique priesthood. It has been instituted for the good of men and the communion of the church. The sacrament of holy orders can communicates a sacred power which is none other than that of Christ. The exercise of the authority must therefore be measured against the model of Christ, who by love made himself the least and the servant of all. So, what does this say? What, what, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about this whole idea of of, 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 ser- of the priesthood and of service. And you go back to the second reading where we hear these words that it isn't just, you know, mere men don't just say that they want to be priests. Mere men do not say they want to be priests. God calls these men. God calls these men to be priests. And it has to be that prompting by him that men are supposed to be priests. Now, why is this different than the ordained ministry of Protestants? I, I want to make a difference of that. And the big difference for me is the fact that we know that in the church, the priests and the bishops are successors of the apostles. The apostles had this imposition of laying on of hands. And you're going to, if you actually read the catechism about the priesthood, and it talks about the imposition or the laying on of hands, Christ did this. The apostles did it. And so it continued on and on and on. And so Christ entrusted to these apostles to carry out his work. Okay, Christ entrusted his apostles to carry out this work on earth. And so what happens when they know that they're going to die, they're not going to live forever, they continue this succession of, of handing on this work that Christ has entrusted. Now, what I want to make clear before we go any further is the priest does not act in himself the priest does not act in himself okay the priest doesn't act in himself and so it's when you see a priest offering mass like when you go to mass today and you see the priest up there as he says the words of consecration He's not acting in himself. He's acting in the person of Christ because he's been given the authority to do so by the bishop. Now, what I, I, I'd like to do today, 
is is now that we've kind of discussed a little bit of why the priesthood is important and why it's service, I want to actually find some different verses for you that that have to deal with with the priesthood and why it's it's so important. So let's do that real quick. So let's see. Let's see what comes up here. So you go to first the first one that comes up here is Timothy 14:4. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophetic utterance when the council of elders laid their hands upon you. So what and then, then again in James is any among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven and so then we hear about this idea of reconciliation 2 Corinthians all this is from God who through Christ has reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So already we see three different examples of the priesthood being mentioned. Timothy, James, and more strikingly Corinthians when we talk, when it talks about the sacrament of penance and how priests are given the the faculty to hear and forgive sins in Christ's name. Now, go to John 20. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even I send you. And when he'd said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So, again, you see here Christ is giving them the permission and the faculty to forgive sins. And then again, you see in Matthew, Mark, and Acts that people are confessing their sins to the priests, especially in Acts, confessing and divulging their practices. And then again in Timothy, you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then James, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So, now, you know, we, we can talk about, we talk about the idea of reconciliation. Okay, that's that's very striking to see there.
Here's a good explanation of the priesthood, I think. There are two modes of priesthood, distinct but sharing a common source, relate to each other as a single person's head does with the body. In the councils, the decree on the ministry and life of priests, we read that, by holy orders, priests are configured to their in their being to Christ the priest, so that they are able to act in the person of Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Priests are ordained for their own sake, to help them save their own souls by doing God's will, and for all the faithful who must be directed to God through teaching, governance, and sanctification. Priests offer gifts and sacrifice to God for the people. Go to Hebrews 5. Or lay people with the priesthood of the baptized are the vanguard of the church's mission in the world. Priests set apart by a nation concern themselves mainly with that which is sacred. Lay people are primarily concerned with the secular. Priests form and inform, nourish and strengthen, heal and guide, lay people for their indisposable work. Lay people do what no priest can. Through deeds and words, they bring Christ to every sphere of daily life in the world. The complementary, not competing roles and states of life of the ordained and the laity must be respected. This is especially important in our liturgical worship. At the offertory, the priest says, My sacrifice and yours. He acts and speaks in the person of Christ, the head of the body, which is the church. He calls the people body of the church unto complementary unity. He invites them to pray his sacrifice, his sacrifice according to his manner of offering, of offering sacrifice as an ordained minister, priest, and their sacrifice according to how the baptized offer gifts will be accepted. What the priest does is done for service. A priest is no less in need of a savior than anyone else present. St. Augustine of Hippo speaks of his role as bishop, described his relationship with his flock in the best way possible, when he said, I am a bishop for you, but a Christian with you. Were 10,000 baptized men, women, and children to pronounce the words of consecration over their bread and wine, the offerings would remain bread and wine. One priest alone, or with a congregation by God's power, changes the people's bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. The baptized unite their way of offering sacrifice to his way. My sacrifice in yours is an important and long-needed improvement. Here is something I can recommend for your deeper active participation in this invitation by the priest. It can help to identify ourselves with the gifts placed on the altar for consecration. The congregation is invited by the priest to unite their sacrifices to those he offers in his manner of offering. We all have both burdens and reasons to rejoice. Therefore, when the priest or deacon is preparing the chalice, when he puts drops of water, the symbols of the human, into the wine, the symbol of the divine, to be mingled, the lesser being transformed within the greater, try consciously to place into that chalice all your cares, aspirations, sentiments of gratitude, petitions, and all that you are. Let it be joined before they are transformed stupendously by God. So... Pretty much, I'm not going to read this entire thing, but it's it's an interesting thing. It's catholicbible101.com uh, if you want to uh, look at it more. But you see the idea about why the priesthood is so important, why the priesthood is necessary. The priesthood is for us a visible sign of Christ present. Because Christ wants his work to continue until he comes again. And that's why the priesthood is so important. 
that's why we need the priesthood and that's why we need to pray for more priests. We need to be vigilant in praying for more priests because that's where the life of the church is. You find several good priests that can lift up faith the faithful when they're downtrodden. It makes a difference in the church. And we need to be more open to vocations, especially to the priesthood and the diac and the diaconate. So say thank you to your priest today. Say thank you to your priest today because he really does an amazing, amazing work. He does a service to you. But he, it's very hard. He gives up a lot. He gives up a possibility of marriage and having a family because he is devoted entirely to the church, which is his, which we are his spiritual family. So he looks after us. He nourishes us. He strengthens us with his teaching. So that is why we need to have more priests. We need to pray to have more faithful priests that will uphold the teaching of the church, no matter what that teaching is. So let's end in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I ask that you send us more priests, send us more faithful priests to continue your work on earth. May they be your hands and your feet. And just as we, the laity, are in the common priesthood, let us look to the priest, the ordained priest, the ordained minister, as you. And let us see in them you, reaching to us, uplifting us with your word, and with your precious body and blood. We ask this through your holy name, in unity of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. As always, there are three different ways to get a hold of me uh, here on the Anchor app. If you have it, I would love to get a voice message from you or my email, c.sobey2394 at yahoo.com or my new Facebook page, Catholic Reflections, what the mass readings mean for us today. Like I said, it is Priesthood Sunday. I hope you'll say thank you to your priest. Anyways, thank you all. I'll see you tomorrow night. Good night.